Do you want to become a chain breaker in your family? I'm going to tell you how in this episode right before the holiday season begins. Welcome back to Heart in a Drawer, the podcast for adult children of divorce. I am your host, Sarah Geringer. I am so glad to be back with you on this podcast today. I've been thinking and praying about what to put in the next episode, and today God wove a lot of things together, and I'm ready to share it with you. I think it might be one of the best episodes I've ever made, and I'm eager to hear what you think about it. You can always go to my contact page that's linked in the show notes and let me know. And of course, I'd love for you to share this on social media if this post resonates with you. Also, uh, before we get started, I want to tell you about my book, Hidden Mana on a Country Road. It is doing very well, and I hope that you will check it out yourself. I will have it in the show notes for you. And if you decide to go order it from my Etsy shop, you'll get a signed copy with special scripture cards and a bookmark. I also have some specials for November and December of 2022 in my Etsy shop. So please go ahead and check out that link once you're finished listening to this episode. What is a chain breaker? A chain breaker in... A child of divorce family is someone who is going to make different choices to reroute the direction of the family. And I have felt for a long time that that is the role that God is calling me to play in my family. And I'm going to speak from my own experience today. It has been very challenging, but I have no doubt that this is who God has chosen me to be. Now, I'm going to tell several personal stories in this podcast to illustrate uh, my point, and I want to remind you, like I do on all of my episodes, that this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional help, such as what you would receive from a counselor or pastor, but it is meant to be a supplement to that kind of help. So I hope that you will check out the link in the show notes that I put in there every time for a free one-time counseling session via phone, and then the counselors that focus on the family will refer you to a local person in your area. That's what I did years ago, and it made all the difference for me, and I know it can for you as well. Okay, I'm going to start from a story that happened a few years ago. And uh, I have thought about sharing this story in a book, but I think today it makes sense to share with you. I was attending my paternal grandmother's funeral. I did not want to go. This is several years ago, and uh, this woman was a wrecking ball in my family. There is not a person in our family that she hasn't ruined part of their life, and uh, many of us have had to pay the price for decades 
for her chaotic and abusive behavior. So finally, she died. And I was planning to sit there, stare at the ceiling, and take my mind as far away as I possibly could from this place I didn't want to be. I was simply going out of obligation and a sense of duty. And I was shocked that I heard one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life. And God spoke very powerfully to me through it. So the chaplain who gave this sermon uh, was assigned to her care. And he said, I've never used this text before for any funeral I've ever performed. He said, but after talking with you, family members, I think it's the right one. And he said, I know that she collected lighthouses. I didn't even know that about her because I had cut off all contact with her. Anyway, he said, that led me to go back to the Bible to study the context for when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And this is in John 8. And he said, I looked at the story before Jesus said that. And he said, I think this is where this story applies to your family. So it was the woman caught in adultery. The Pharisees dragged her out of bed uh, in front of Jesus. And this is the famous story in which he says, anyone without sin can cast the first stone. And uh, because the Jewish law said, if you're caught in adultery, you deserve to die by stoning. And slowly, one by one, all of them walked away. And Jesus um, did not condemn her, but he told her to leave her life of sin. And then he turned to his followers and said, I am the light of the world. So my attention was wrapped on uh, this chaplain's speech. And he was saying, I know, I know she has caused many of you so much pain. I know that she has caused many of you so much suffering. And yet, Jesus is the light of the world in your life and in mine, and that's where our hope lies. And as I'm listening to this, it's like I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and he was saying, do you understand that you have had a generational curse in your family for decades, and I want you to be the chain breaker in your family you can see the havoc she has wreaked in her generation, in your parents' generation, in your generation, and I want this to stop with you. That was such a powerful moment for me, and this was before I was making this podcast, and I just knew God wanted me not only to break the chain in my own family, the curse of divorce, but speak about it publicly so that others could be set free from the curses. Now, I've talked about this in other episodes, and I just want to go back to Exodus. It's in Exodus 20, verse 5. I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation, of those who hate me. So the principle here is that unless you make changes 
the same sins that your parents did and your grandparents did are just naturally going to pass to the next generation. And I'm sure you have seen this in your own experience, whether it's in your own family or other people's families. It's just kind of part of the human condition. But God tells us that we can break the chain with his help, of course. And I've talked about several times that one of the Bible people who I identify with most is Joseph in the Old Testament, the son of Jacob and Rachel, and he was a chain breaker in his family. And he had to suffer just for no wrong that he did. But once he passed his test, he not only redeemed his family, but pretty much the entire living world at that time. So Joseph was definitely a chain breaker, and he has been my example to follow in my own struggles. Now I want to tell you another story, and it's a dream that God gave me, a dream at night, and I believe that he spoke through that dream to me. So I started this podcast in September of 2020, although I told several family members well ahead of time that I was going to do it. I wasn't asking permission. I was informing them first. Um, There has been an enormous amount of backlash in my family because of the kinds of things that I say on my podcast. And I have been careful over time to present my side of the story, not tell their stories. But um, if you are entrenched in denial, you will not see things from a wider perspective. You're only going to see them from your own. And so I think that has caused a lot of backlash. And uh, I was facing that at the time that I had this dream. I believe I had this dream in either December of 2020 or January of 2021. Now let me give you some context for this dream that I had sometimes have dreams with spiders in them. I hate spiders. I'm afraid of spiders. And normally, if I have a spider dream, it means that I am anxious about something. And usually it's just a single spider that lands on me and I wake up and I'm all stressed out. Only one time prior to this did I have a dream with multiple spiders in it. That had been several months prior to this time. And I was in my childhood home And I was trying to enter my bedroom and the doorway to the bedroom was crisscrossed with spider webs and many spiders in the spider webs. And when I had that dream, God was telling me he was revealing a stronghold, a a stronghold that Satan had had in my life. And uh, the presence of many spiders meant it was the symbol of a stronghold. Now, I learned some of this from the book. The Complete Guide to Dream Interpretation, which I will link in the show notes. In that book, it explains how symbols in your dreams are actually related to biblical signs. And so spiders can be a sign of demonic activity in dreams. And this book proves it with many, many Bible verses. Really, really interesting book that I'll link for you. Okay, so back to this dream I had after I started podcasting. So I was in my shower, taking a shower, and when I, (laughs) 
When I have a shower, I have all this loose hair. I shed hair constantly. I wish I didn't, but it's just something that happens. And so instead of letting it clog up the drain, I just put it on the wall and then I clean it off every time after I get out of the shower. Well, in this drain, that's what I was doing. And then I saw a tiny spider, like pinhead size. So I wasn't afraid of it, so I just crushed it with my hand. And when I crushed it, all of these spiders started coming out of the ceiling, out of the shower, and just covering the walls. And I stepped outside the shower, wrapped myself in a towel, and I'm watching all these spiders um, just pretty much blanket the walls of the shower. And then one gigantic spider was getting ready to jump on me, and I woke up and I was in a complete panic. And I asked God, what does this mean? Because I knew it had to mean something. And the Lord told me, he said, what did I tell you the last time you had a dream with multiple spiders in it? And I said that it was a stronghold. It's a sign of a stronghold. And he said to me, and it was as clear as a bell, I could hear him say, this is because of your podcast. What your podcast is doing is breaking open many, many, many strongholds in your family, your extended family. What am I asking you to do in the dream? He said, am I asking you to kill any spiders? I'm like, no. And he said, where are you in the dream? And I said, well, I'm outside of the shower. I'm, I'm clean and I'm not participating in the activity. And he said, that's exactly what I want you to do. I want you to keep doing what you're doing. I don't want you to participate in the activity I don't want you to try to destroy it or kill it or confront it even. I'm just letting you know that this is happening. And when I reflect back on that now, knowing everything that's happened this year, it's even more powerful to consider that dream. And the amazing things God is doing through this podcast, even though the hard, hard things have occurred in my family, I know I'm doing the right thing because I'm helping other people break the chains in their family. I've heard from you. I've heard from you through emails and even social media shares where you tag me. And it's such a blessing to know that what I'm doing is helping you break the chains in your families. So let's move into some practical application for you. How are you supposed to be a chain breaker in your family. And why would you want to do this? Well, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know the multi-layer of problems that come out of a situation of divorce, especially a messy divorce. There's all kinds of problems that are unearthed. And if they're not dealt with, they're going to turn into more sin and they're going to be passed down to the next generation. So, I was bound and determined as much as was possible for me to not allow this to poison my children, not allow it to break their spirits or be a bad example for them. Now, you know, I've gone through my own divorce this year that I didn't want, but good has come out of it. I can't control what happens in the family or through my ex, but I can control my actions, those are the kinds of things I'm going to share with you today. So first of all, I'm going to tell you that this is not going to be an easy journey 
at all. You've not only got people resisting you because you're going to be rerouting a river, basically. You've got Satan working against you because he wants to destroy families, not build them up or keep them intact. So you need to go into this knowing that you are going to face opposition. And I think I've told you that when I was 15, I had a born-again experience after listening to a TV sermon by Dr. Charles Stanley. So I have followed him faithfully for years, and there's many sermons that he's preached that have really impacted my thinking. And one of them, I believe I heard on the radio within the last 10 years or so, and he was talking about being an A-list Christian, I believe. And the one thing I remember from that sermon is he said, if you want to be an A-list Christian, you've got to be willing to suffer for Christ. So that is part of what's going to happen if you're going to be a chain breaker. Now, I was talking about Joseph and how he spent 13 years in prison for no good reason at all. It seemed like pointless suffering, but in that time, he was being prepared and set apart for God's glory so that when he came out of prison, he was ready to be basically the prime minister of Egypt and save the whole known world at the time from starvation. So if you're going to do something great for God and great for your family, for your own children, you're going to have to be willing to suffer, but you're in really good company. Joseph is not the only one, of course. We know Jesus did this. We know the Apostle Paul. Other people I've thought of are Daniel in the lion's den, Jeremiah, a great prophet, had much suffering. Isaiah suffered greatly. He's one of my favorite prophets. Um, Elijah, uh, I've been studying him this year, and, and he had his own kinds of suffering. These are all people who did absolutely amazing things for God. They were chain breakers in their own regard. And that's just part of the package. So we've got to start with the hard stuff. And that's one of them. Another thing is grief. You are going to have to grieve that things are not the way they should be. And they never were. And I think that the stages of grief are absolutely essential for equipping you as a chain breaker because until you've done that internal work yourself you're not going to be strong enough to go through all the endurance training that you're going to need to be the chain breaker in your family and I was just studying this today in Bible study fellowship when Elisha was talking about this is in 2 Kings 6, 17, I'm just paraphrasing, when he was trying to get one of the kings to see that there was an entire army of horses and chariots of fire surrounding them before they go into battle. And he was looking at it from a spiritual sense, of course, and Elisha prayed that God would give the king eyes to see, and when the king's eyes were open, he could see all of these 
heavenly beings surrounding them. And God has given me that vision myself many times when I'm really struggling and feeling very alone in the fight. Sometimes God gives me a a little glimpse of just how many millions of angels are surrounding me and I'm not alone. I'm just looking out on the landscape and it's just trees and ground. But actually, if I could see it from a heavenly perspective, there's angels, uh, agents of God's heavenly army all around me. So I'm not in this fight by myself. One of my favorite names for God, Isaiah uses it the most often, is the Lord of Heaven's armies. And I think about that and it empowers me in my fight. And that leads to one of the next characteristics, which is courage. Gideon is one of the best examples in the Bible of having courage in the fight. He was not was not naturally gifted as a strong leader. He was struggling to have courage. He felt like the least of the least, but God used him as a mighty warrior. That's the name that God chose for Gideon. And you can be a mighty warrior too if you're going to trust on the Lord's strength, even in difficult circumstances, just like Gideon did. Another characteristic you're going to have to have as a chain breaker is perseverance. Because when you start standing up for the right thing in your family, you're going to have to do it again and again and again. People who are trapped in toxic cycles are not just going to instantly respond the first time. Believe me, I tried and it didn't work not once. Some of them, it's taken years and years. Some of them still don't get it after two decades. So you will have to persevere in what's right and you have to keep God's will in front of you. Instead of trying to please man, you need to be trying to please God with your words and actions. That leads me to another principle, which is setting boundaries. This is really the nuts and bolts of becoming a chain breaker. I think almost every situation in which there are generational curses is because there have not been healthy boundaries. In previous episodes, I've talked about confronting someone and setting boundaries in those conversations. I've also said I've had to completely cut off some relationships because people were so toxic. So there's a spectrum of boundary setting and you don't start with cutting somebody off. You have to try all these methods. Matthew 18 is the model that we need to follow. And you might have to do that to break the chains in your family. But I hope that by meeting with a counselor, you can learn which boundaries are appropriate for your family situation and that you would be strong in setting your boundaries to be able to break these chains. Part of setting boundaries is having a new family unit. So I was reflecting on this today because I've had to set some boundaries again with my extended family. And so I was looking at Matthew 12, and this is when Jesus was talking with his followers and I'm going to read this from the NIV version, starting at verse 46. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. 
Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So was Jesus saying that we have to shirk our responsibilities to our blood relatives? Not at all. In fact, if you look at when he hung on the cross, he assigned his mother Mary to the Apostle John's care. So Jesus definitely wasn't saying that. But I believe what he was saying, this is particularly true for us as adult children of divorce. Our family, meaning our support system, is really the body of Christ, meaning the church. So any of these gaps that we have in our relationships, especially ones where we've had to cut off contact with someone who's just so toxic we can't deal with them, you can plug in with a new sister or brother or mother or father figure in your church. And that's why it exists. That's one of the main reasons why the church exists to meet our needs in community and also give us a place to be those people to other people who need to fill in their gaps too. So I just wanted to tell you that that requires a large investment of time and it is, quote, expensive in terms of time, but I've told my BSF group this. I said it today in our discussion time that I need to see my sisters in Christ. This is part of my healing. It's part of how I cultivate my mental and emotional health. That's how important it is to be in fellowship with my sisters in Christ. I also get to have fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ as a Stephen minister at my church. So we meet twice a month and we pour into each other and exhort one another and even offer correction as needed. And I have to have that to be able to pour out as a Christian writer, speaker, as a podcaster here. If I didn't have that support from my local church and then many other friends that I have met either in person or online in different groups that I'm on and Facebook and things like that, there's no way I would be strong enough to break these chains in my family. I had to connect with the greater, the larger body of Christ to get my needs met so I could be strong in these boundaries that my own family members have resisted so strongly to the point of having to cut off some of those relationships. Another principle that you will have to practice if you're going to be a chain breaker is detachment. I had to learn in my difficult marriage to detach with love, not detach in anger or even self-protection necessarily, but detach with love. That gives people the space to work on themselves, the space to understand the consequences of their choices, and it's not a guarantee that that's what they'll do. But in order to be a chain breaker, you have to give them the opportunity to make necessary changes. And so that was an important part of my chain breaking. 
Another part of your suffering as a chain breaker is going to be dealing with loneliness. So I did a past episode on the excellent book called Redeeming Heartache, and it talks about the orphan spirit. That's just one of the spirits that it talks about. I love that book. And you'll have to take that loneliness to God. It's just something that you can't only handle in community. You have to deal with that with God and I think your counselor. And I think that book is an excellent tool. I just want to be real with you that being a leader in that area a leader, a chain breaker, is very lonely. I'm sure that when Joseph was in prison, loneliness was one of the main things that he had to deal with. And yet I believe that God used his loneliness to refine him just as he's using it to refine me. And finally, I would like to talk to you about the principle of self-sacrifice. That is kind of an umbrella that reaches over all of these other characteristics of a chain breaker. A chain breaker is inherently unselfish because if they were going to do what is easy, what is comfortable, what is convenient, they would just follow in the same steps that they've taken before. But a chain breaker has to do something totally different, it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them time, energy, emotions. It might even cost money. It probably is going to cost relationships. And if you really want to make a difference, you're going to have to accept that fact. One of the ways that I remind myself that it's worth it is I sold my wedding ring but I kept my mother's ring, the one that has the birthstones of all three of my children that I wear on my right hand. And I cannot tell you how many times this year that I've looked down at those three gemstones that represent my children. And I have let that ring serve as my accountability partner. There have been times I have been tempted to seek revenge. There have been times I've been tempted to numb myself. There's been times I've been tempted to wallow in self-pity. Times I've been tempted to post vitriolic things on social media. Times that I've wanted to tell people off. And when I look at my ring, I think I'm doing this for my kids they're worth it. And I'm not going to ruin anything because I want to do right by them. I want to do this for them. This is for them. This isn't for me. A chain breaker might not even see the benefits himself or herself, but you're paying it forward for the next generation. That has been my primary motive the whole time that I want my kids to have a whole different story And they need to see me working hard to break the chains because that will inspire them to break the chains in their own stories as well. 
I want to say one more thing before I end this episode. I have done a previous episode on how much do you tell the kids? Uh, And I think if you want further research into this, that would be a great episode for you to listen to. I will have other episodes linked in the show notes for further study because if you're going to break the chains, you're going to have to do a lot of digging, a lot of researching, and I hope that those other episodes will help you. Now, I want to leave you with another vision that God has given me. And this is after dealing with my highly dysfunctional extended family members. He gave me a vision that when I look back, it's just like Lot's wife looking back longingly on the burning cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. They were so wicked that God sent down fire from heaven to destroy them. And what happened to her when she looked back? She turned into a pillar of salt. So in this vision that God gave me, I'm looking back, and it's just a wall of flames, and I knew it represented all the chaos in my family history. And God said, you have a choice. You can look back and make yourself miserable with these people that have done nothing but harm you and try to hurt you, try to steal your joy and your peace. But what happens if you look forward? So in my vision, God reminded me of the first portion of Psalm 23. Again, I'm reading from the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. It's the first three verses. So God was telling me, I have secured a place of peace for you, a place of shalom. And this peace did not come without a price. It required the innocent blood of my son. But I have won it for you. It is waiting for you. All you have to do is step into it. But you're going to have to stop looking behind at the wall of flames which is your family, and look forward to the shalom that I have secured for you. Now, this is a hard one piece, but I'm telling you, in two days, I get to celebrate Thanksgiving just with my own children, not with anyone else, and I guarantee you the shalom of God is going to absolutely permeate my home because... I'm a chain breaker, and the abusers have no hold on me anymore, and I want a different future for my children. It has cost me a lot. I have suffered greatly. I've cried many tears for decades on end. I've spent thousands of dollars and thousands of hours in my counselor's office, but the only thing I would change is to do it sooner than I did. There is something very beautiful about owning your own life and living it according to God's will, knowing that even though there's no guarantees for the future, you are laying down a better path for your children. That's the hope for all of us 
as adult children of divorce. We do not have to repeat the negative patterns that we saw in our dysfunctional families. We can take all of these steps and join arms with our brothers and sisters in Christ for strength and support to break those chains and to step into those green pastures that God has for us. Let me close us out with prayer today. Father God, I ask you to bless every chain breaker who is listening to this podcast episode today. I pray that you would give them strength. I pray that they would know that they are not alone in the fire. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you are there with them in the trials they face as they set the necessary boundaries in their quest to break the chains of generational curses in their family. You will never leave them nor forsake them in their fight, and you are the Lord of Heaven's armies who surrounds them with your love and your protection and your heavenly help from millions of angels. I pray you would give them courage. I pray you would give them perseverance. I pray you would help them set boundaries and be self-sacrificing. I pray that you would teach them to have healthy detachment, that you would comfort and strengthen them in their suffering, that you would come alongside them in their loneliness. And Lord, you would give them a new family of brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers, and the larger body of Christ to promote their healing and lead them along the path of righteousness for your name's sake. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today on Heart in a Drawer. You are in my prayers. And please reach out to me with any specific prayer requests you might have for your family. Until next time, I'm praying God's peace for you. Mm-hmm.